In Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll created an epic female character. I've always loved her, and I admire that through her misadventures, she recognizes that very few things are really impossible. Hello, and welcome to Six Impossible Things. I am your host, Matt Collage, and I'd like to introduce you to my humble approach to understanding your creative potential. Every Tuesday, I will share with you thoughts, strategies, and a few anecdotes from my own experience as a creative. We will tread on the heels of Alice into a world of ingenuity and imagination. I hope you'll find inspiration to be creative in your own unique way. It will be a boost to your life in many different aspects, not only in art making. So there's always room at the table. Let's put the kettle on and get this party started. Well, you might not have noticed, but I have been absent. I was feeling very poorly, more than usual, which is saying a lot for me, and I wasn't able to step up to the microphone as often as I wanted to. So I have been saving up the little energy I have, and I'm using it to make collages as often as I can. You might not think so, but Writing content for this podcast is very challenging and time-consuming, and I needed to be very deliberate in the way I use my time. From now on, for those reasons, I might not be as steady as I was before publishing new episodes, but it is necessary for me to take a step back from things that drain me, so I apologize in advance. So that's the truth. I could have said that I was on sabbatical, which sounds very elegant and important, but that would be lying. I have tons of pain. I had a tsunami of anxiety hit me a little while back, and it was followed by depression. And I was like mush for a few weeks, angry mush, the worst. But here I am now. I'm ready to step through the looking glass. In fact, more than ready. I am excited to walk away from reality for a little bit right now because, frankly, it stinks. And I'm not being ungrateful or dramatic. I'm just being factual. In any case, who doesn't wish to be transported to a better place at one point or another? That's why we travel. And the problem is that since I'm physically challenged and I can't do that, I need to travel in my mind. I guess we can try and see what happens. If a break doesn't present itself in real life, why not create an oasis in your own mind? Everyone can do it. And I hope you are ready because the other side of the looking glass is like nothing you've ever seen. At the very beginning of the book, Alice is doing what I've been trying and failing miserably to do with my life for years now, neatly winding it up like yarn into something resembling a ball without knots or tangles. The kittens, metaphorically standing in for unforeseen problems, swiftly intervene and completely cancel her efforts. I know the feeling, Alice. But the remarkable thing at this point 
is Alice's attitude in the opening pages of the book. She is, albeit only in the company of cats and kittens, so direct, so forceful even. She's not happy with the current state of affairs, and she's letting them and us know quite strongly. It's a definite change from the Alice we met at the beginning of the first book, if you remember. In my opinion, this is a promising development and one that will set the tone for the upcoming chapters. Now, when we find Alice, she's alone. This was a fact of life for children in the Victorian era, by the way. And though she has a loving family and a comfortable home, she's fond of pretending and creating adventures in her mind. Think about it. When your surroundings are inhospitable, and even when they're not, like in Alice's case, who doesn't manufacture now and then a new, kinder, maybe nicer version of reality in the mind? I do just that with my collage work. You might do it in a different way, but we all do it. Call it wishful thinking, fantasizing, daydreaming, or anything you want. But I think it is one of the benefits of imagination. It can sometimes protect you, and I will take that protection any day, because as it often happens with some things in life, imagination is a coin with two sides, and the other side of it can be a bit more treacherous. But I digress. In a minute, we'll be in the land of dreams and make-believe. The line between reality and the space behind the looking glass is as thin as a veil, and it parts easily once you start thinking about it. As I've said before, I am a daydreamer, and also someone who falls prey to rumination, unfortunately. Again, two sides of the same coin. And sometimes I have found myself so deep into imagining a collage that my awareness of time has completely disappeared. Has that ever happened to you? I would say that if it has, you probably found your way through the looking glass. It is at this point in the narration at the very beginning of the book, that Carol abandons all pretense of sanity and things start getting strange. Everything we see in the original mirror has another side that is whimsical and silly. Clocks with grinning faces and chess pieces casually walking about the room, the white king and queen whispering to each other. We're clearly in a space where our usual references don't work anymore. And this is the point I wanted to make today. Embarking on a new adventure takes courage, and courage is not the absence of fear. One can be frightened and still proceed with changes, even drastic changes. I am afraid of many things, some small and some big, but I try to break through the anxiety and do things that must be done, regardless of how fearful I feel. I know that it's not a consolation to say that it'll be better once it is over, but sometimes there are no alternatives and stepping through the looking glass is the only way to get where you wish to go. Absconding 
from your own reality just for a few minutes can safeguard your sanity. And at the same time, we give up that grip that we have on things, that tendency that we have to hold on so, so tight to what we think is protecting us. I'm not sure I'm making myself clear. I'm not advocating for craziness or outrageous behavior. I'm just advocating for imagination in problem solving. It's okay to take the hands off the wheel sometimes and imagine how things could have been, how things could be if we approach them with a different mentality, with a different attitude. Life can often feel like a minefield, a minefield that separates you from the person you need to become. You know the danger is there, even though you don't know where the landmines are. But there's no getting around it. You must walk straight through it, as carefully as possible. But then you just have to hope for the best. I shudder while I'm writing these lines because I can think of so many instances in the past when I gingerly placed the tips of my toes on the proverbial minefield while praying that my life wouldn't shatter into a million pieces. I had minor explosions, of course, but I'm still here. And I continue to take steps in the direction that I have chosen, trying to avoid the blasts, the really big ones, at least. Is it exhausting? Yes. Does it ever get any better? I don't know yet. There's a Talking head song called Wild White Life, where David Byrne says things fall apart. It's scientific. And I completely agree. Things break for sure. And I would add that people also break under too much pressure, too much sadness, or perhaps too much loneliness. When you've been near your breaking point for a while, stepping through that looking glass, if only for a few moments, can be a lifesaver. Imagination can activate the senses. It can help you move out of a state of despair. And it can even assist you in reaching your goals. But beware, once again, imagination can be a fickle entity. Am I preaching to the choir when I state that imagination can take over reality and maybe even improve it? Many of my listeners are artists or practice some form of creative activity which I find fabulous. At least I glean as much from the messages I receive. And I guess that many of you out there must then be familiar with overactive imaginations, the kind of multiple track imagination that doesn't allow you to even pick one actionable avenue. If you're an idea person, you certainly know what I'm talking about. Just too many things happening all at once. It's like having 38 tabs open simultaneously. Fun for a little while, but ultimately exhausting. In the end, you don't get much done at all. Yes, I know it can feel draining, but let us not forget that we have choice. That's the ticket. Learn to be discriminating because all of your daydreams are not created equal. Select the ones that you can implement without delay, the ones that will give you a sense of accomplishment. And from there, you can move on to bigger, more ambitious ideas. 
Now, without crossing into the land of magical thinking or even psychosis, I have to confess that I have a rampant imagination and a few eccentricities. I have to keep them in check, truth be told, because they can give way to anxiety and also to little quirky behaviors that stress me out. Did you know, well, of course you didn't because I've never told you, but did you know that I always, and I mean always, count every step I take when I climb the stairs? I've done it for as long as I can remember. I did it as a child in school. In fact, I clearly remember the staircase in my elementary school, for instance. And it's not an issue while going downstairs, mind you. That's optional. But any time I am going upstairs, I diligently count each step and in Spanish. What would happen if I didn't? I would never know. I wonder if anyone can relate. But if you are concerned for my mental welfare right around now, don't worry. I'm good at lassoing wayward thoughts and ideas. And I am good at identifying the ones that don't serve me well. As I said before, sooner or later you realize you cannot believe everything you think and that ideas come in every format. Brilliant ones, terrible ones, absurd ones, and frankly, lots of daft ones too. Discarding the useless ones is a skill you develop with age, or at least one would hope so. So, let's get ready for many splendid and fantastic ideas leaping from the pages of Through the Looking Glass. If we remain open-minded, we will surely find inspiration in this new world created by Carol's unrestrained imagination. I can't wait to meet all the new characters and see what I can learn from them. Each one has something different, something special to teach us. And what could be better than planning your next vacation according to a grumpy oversized egg or learning table manners from a bad tempered unicorn. I say, grab all your art supplies, your reading glasses, and run, don't walk, into the many rooms on the other side of the mirror. I'll see you there, and in the meantime, take care. Thank you for listening to Six Impossible Things. I hope you enjoyed it. Please join me again next week. Subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss any episodes. And visit madcollage.com for original artwork, exclusive prints, and monthly offers. For extra goodies, please visit my Redbubble store and select your favorite merchandise. You can also help make Six Impossible Things possible with a small contribution so that I can enjoy a lovely cup of tea while I write and edit this content. Have a peaceful and creative week. Take care.